Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Episode 80. Really? We've done 80 of these. That's a lot of these. It really is. I sort of gave up listening to them a while ago. I used to listen back to them. And now I've got about 30 on my phone. And I think that I don't... You you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it. No? I don't think I can. No. When it am I going to find the time? No, you can't cut. I mean, at least you know that in some form you have listened to them all in that you were there when it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I, I kind of used to do the same with a lot of our content. But yeah, I also don't do not do that anymore. No. Yeah. I used to like to listen and go, wow, that was a great point, Ben. You really sounded professional <laughs> and intelligent there. Yeah. Funny joke, Peter. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it. Oh. Thanks. Brilliant. Yeah. That's what I used to do. And now I've got no idea. As soon as we finish recording, I forget. I don't even edit it anymore. So I don't I don't have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. You used to listen three times in that sense, in I that did. you were there and then you edited it and then you also listened back to it. Yeah, just gotta make sure. I mainly do it because some people assume that it's it's uh it, it comes from a place of narcissism. And while there mm. may be an element of truth to that to an extent <laughs> I I find it very useful to listen and, you know, uh, just listen after the fact and and hear if I've either said something stupid or I've, you know, started repeating a word, like a word has entered my vocabulary that I say a lot. And I find it a great way to learn from myself. And if I hear myself do something stupid or say something stupid, I'll make sure to correct that. And now, no idea, flying free. Flying free. And and rightly so. That's, you know... I think you just 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 put it out there, yeah, and then never think about it again. And never, especially, ever. don't read the comments. Oh no, no, I never did that anyway. Why would I? <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. I don't need that. Nobody needs that. Mm. Well, oh, I had a delicious sip of uh, of of comments there. That was did tasty. You? Yeah, I was just adjusting my headphone wire because it was dangling dangerously close to my uh, my wheelie chair wheels god i didn't know where you were going with that then it was dangling dangerously because you're my wheelie wheelie chair chair. my wheelie chair anyway this is a video game podcast as i said at the top it is it it truly is we are sponsored by a brand new company each and every week and it's always video game adjacent i have the ad read here for this week's sponsor would you like to hear it i'd like you to read the ad read please 
So this is an early, oh God, it's breaking up over it. This is a, an early announcement for an upcoming DLC for Marvel's Avengers. Oh, okay. Ex exciting. I nearly said excellent and exciting in the same word there. Excellenting. Excellent, I was going to say. And it is a new character called Snack Widow. Right. Okay. And Snack Widow takes the form of a. It's, it's a. It's a sort of. It's a catering company that you can play as in game. Mm -hmm. uh, where the catering company supports or sort of uh, works at all the funerals of the many men that you kill in the game. Oh, God. And what they do, what Snack Widow does, is they send an elderly lady whose partner has died to provide food for the wake. Finger food. Yeah, and that's Snack Widow. Hmm. Okay. It's just a catering company for, for, for the wakes of all the the men you kill in are Marvel's they doing, Avengers. Are they doing a real life tie-in with an actual uh, snack company, or you know, are they going to put out their own Snack Widow branded snacks in real life? Yes, McVitie's. What they're they're partnering with McVitie's? Yes, they are. Yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah, okay. all the Mc, all the McVitie's range will soon have the 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 eponymous widow on the on the the packaging. Snack herself. Yes, snack herself, and <laughs> it's just a very exciting time it to is. be a snack fan. Well, I'm really glad that that's a real company because mm -hmm. it means that you know when I have my wake, I can rest assured in yeah. in, the, in the strongest sense that. Uh, my family will be catered for. You will be looked after by Snack Widow, and it'll just be three ninety nine for Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, it's very exciting. Except it won't because it's not true. Oh, what? It's a lie. I got you. I got oh, you. Absolutely you got you. You've got me good. <laughs> How embarrassing. No, of course we are sponsored as we are each and every week by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as one dollar per month you get access to the podcast post that goes up weekly and that's where we source our questions from. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to ask some questions, you can do that. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Just I, I've, uh, I've got a question. Uh, yeah. Before you say just oh, like. Oh no, every time. <laughs> I was trying to get in there, but I, I kind of sensed it was coming. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question before the uh, before the patrons start asking. Uh, where are we walking today, Ben? Mm. We are mm -hmm. walking. We're walking on Captain America's shield. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. That's I hope there's walking. a large and high definite enough high definition De definite enough. <laughs> definite enough. It's going, it's, this is the best it's, podcast we've this ever is, done. This feels somehow like the earliest we've ever recorded one of these, and I don't know how. <laughs> but it's definitely not. It's not. Um, episode 80, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Cap Shield. I hope there's a large enough picture for James to find for that. I think he should go with the lowest quality picture okay. he can find. I mm. think it should be 240p. Stretched up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Give me that pixel goodness. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, if you want to ask a question, you can do so there. Just like... <laughs> Just like Stuart Baldwin, who says, Hi, Ben and Peter. Long-time listener, second-time caller. 
Lockdown brought about a rise in families and friends getting together virtually and playing things like escape rooms and pub quizzes online, introducing a new portion of the population to a form of online gaming. Do you think that those who have now been introduced in a small way to online gaming will want to keep doing it? If so, do you think any of the larger or smaller gaming companies will try and capitalise on this new market, possibly producing a video chat based a, a, a video chat based console system? Oh. What an idea. Well, I think it's next to impossible for any company to introduce a new games console at this point and have mm. it sell anything. Um, yeah. And it would have to come from one of the bigger companies or from Apple or something. But then, you know, everyone's got a phone for video chat. So I don't see I don't see a console coming out dedicated to video chat. No. Uh, because everyone can do that on the devices they already have. I think it would be a very hard sell. And also that would just be suicide for a new video game console to, to base their entire uh, sort of, uh, what's, the, what's the term I'm looking USP. for? Thank you. USP around video chat when people can already do that everywhere. Uh, mm. So I wouldn't say so much that that will happen. It will be interesting to see if there are some more party games. You know, we love, we love a good party game. We do. We like PlayLink on PlayStation. PlayLink. There were some great games there where everyone can play on their phone, although that's something you still have to do together in the same room. Mm. So going to the earlier point about do you think people will keep doing it, I'm going to say no. Surely mm. some will keep going. But if you look around, a lot of people have just sort of started to act like COVID doesn't exist anymore. And they've, they've just resumed where they were. People are going to hair appointments and, and you know, the pub and so on. And I'm not to say that people shouldn't and can't do that. But if that's what they were playing games uh, in as a replacement of slash two, yeah. whatever the correct word is in that of, weird think, English yeah. sentence, um, <laughs> then they, they can do that again now. So they don't arguably they don't need video games. So I have no idea. You're right. They've snapped back to reality, Mom's spaghetti. Mm -hmm. um, I, I. It's hard for me to say uh, how how much or how little people will now latch on to online gaming in that sense. You know, whether Mum and Auntie and Grandma will play more because we didn't do so much of that. We uh, we mostly just hopped onto Zoom or equivalent mm -hmm. and then just made like did our own quizzes just with pen and paper and stuff like we we didn't play any online games as it were so um that's that's difficult i don't i'm i'm interested to know how many people with their families actually sat down and and played you know playlink or jackbox or something like that i think i would have i think i said at the time that if i'd had my playstation set up um that i would have tried playlink games with my family i know you've played uh with your family a fair amount haven't you playlink mm. stuff yeah um i've only ever done it with like people who already are you know like people people my age i've played with you and amy and uh i think maybe some of the what culture guys like way back when mm -hmm. um and uh yeah so like that's all good but I, th I think i'm inclined to agree i think it was a kind of it was a necessity at the time people were bored you know, there were there was a series of weeks, certainly in the UK and I think almost worldwide, where you could only go out for like half an hour out of your house. So you really needed, you know, stuff to do. And uh, I almost think that like mum and auntie and grandma and uncles and grandpa, by and the way. And uncles and grandpa. Uh, resorted 
to video games in that sense yeah um to an extent uh so yeah i think you're right i think people are, are now just a lot of people are going back to the way things were and as soon as they're able to go out to bingo and bridge club and um you know my granddad does wood turning you know mm. once he's doing that again he'll be uh he won't be he won't be doing quizzes anymore no he won't um, be nailing headshots in call of duty anymore no not anymore no thank god otherwise we'd all be in big trouble right because he's he's a real top tier mlg major league grandpa major league grandpa is. yeah and he could he yeah. could quite reasonably say that i slept with your grandma and it'd be, oh, it'd be a could, true yeah. insult yeah i effed your g mark <laughs> Uh, so no, I think the answer is. I mean, I I highly doubt that anyone who picked up gaming in the past six months is listening to this podcast. But uh, if they are, let us know. Uh, I just hope my grandparents aren't listening after what was just said. But no, I'm sure they are. They're very proud. <laughs> they're very proud. They are, and they like to stay on the pulse with all the latest video game news as well. Mm-hmm. So. No, 100. percent They won't be getting it here though. No, absolutely not. not getting it here. Certainly not in this episode. No, at this episode eighty, a landmark mm. episode. Yeah, or as we like to call it, twenty from a hundred. Right? Yeah, that's it. Simple. Okay. Uh, well, there we go. Sorted that out. Fixed. Done. Easy. It's time to move on. It is. Uh, it's a new section. Is it cutting edge? Yeah. Okay. We've never. It's experimental. Hopefully, it goes down well. Let us know in the comments if you like this section. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called. What we play in? Uh, it's what we play in time, Peter. What we play in? In parentheses, Ooh, you, you, me. Uh, oh, very exciting news! Since the last podcast was recorded, but before mm-hmm. it actually went out, so it was like on the Friday or something. Mm-hmm. I finished the Last of Us Part Two. <gasps> My goodness me! We we spoke very briefly about it off podcast, and mm. uh, I was just very impressed at how fast you managed to get through it. Yeah, I think I probably only did it in, I don't know, maybe maybe five sittings, four or five, yeah, something like that. That's good going. I think I only it was, played it in sort of one hour chunks. That's why it took me oh, weeks really? to do it. Yeah, I did some big old chunks. Yeah, nice. I, there was one, I think on a Saturday or a Sunday, I I played for like, I don't know, three or four hours, which for me is that's, it's a long time yeah, since no, I've done that lot. kind of thing. It's a lot with The Last um, of Us. What did, uh, what did Amy think? She loved it. She really, you know, she's she was sitting and playing The Sims on her laptop next to me, as she often does, but uh, really sort of keeping, you know, whenever a cutscene played or whenever there's any dialogue, she would immediately look up and find out what was happening. So mm-hmm. she's bonded with the characters as much as I have without even playing the game. Um, nice. But, uh, oh, great game. Really good. I was, I so again, I'm still going to remain spoiler free because I think it's important. You know, I've, I was in that position only weeks ago that I'd still not played it, so going to still be cryptic but um as i said last week uh i had got to sort of day 3 of the campaign and uh then there's like stuff that happens after that and i thought once that second chunk was done that that would kind of lead to the very end of the game and that would be the finale but that game just keeps on going doesn't it sure over does. and over it's like the lord of the rings it's got like six <laughs> endings um which really I, I really liked that because that that second chunk that I'm referring to, I part of me wanted to rush through it because I felt like I knew what was coming at the end of that chunk, and I wanted to get to that point because I knew I knew what was going to happen at the end of that. Um, but in and I didn't actually rush through it in the end. I, I think I started rushing through it and then I realized, oh, hang on, this is actually going to be quite a substantial section. You know, I wasn't sure if it was going to be an hour's gameplay or six hours, but you know, I, I started out by rushing it wanting to get to the end 
Um, and uh, it became apparent that, oh no, this is like a substantial thing and let's let's take our time through this. And then when I finally got to the end of that second act, uh, I thought, right, this will be the end now, right? And it, when it turned out it wasn't, I was so surprised and also I was really pleased because I thought, oh man, there's like loads more of this game now and I, I'd really geared myself up for that being the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wasn't. And uh, God, there's, there was so much to it. It just kept on going. Yeah. Um, again, it's hard to really praise this game in the ways I want to without sort of divulging how it goes. But yeah, really enjoyed the characters. Uh, Naughty Dog are just, they just know how to write, don't they? And mm. they know how to tell a story uh, and make a game and, and have those things happening in conjunction with each other. You know, some games have a good narrative, but really it's like, a series of good cutscenes and then just bits of gameplay in between. But you really do feel like while you're playing The Last of Us Part Two, that the story is happening as you play. Yes. Um, and yeah, for me so far, it's it's definitely my game of the year. I think um, nice. there's still stuff to come out this year. There's Assassin's Creed. There's Cyberpunk. Hopefully, Crash um, Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot, which. You know, I think that that will be up there, but it's obviously a, it's a whole different kind of game. You can't really compare that to the likes of The Last of Us or Watch Dogs or Assassin's Creed. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. that'll be a contender for me personally. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really enjoyed The Last of Us. It's the it's the first time I've uh, played a game like that in in quite a while. So um, nice. yeah, it's uh, it's it's been super fun. Excellent. I think they get. Especially with this this release, because of all the reasons we were, we, you know, we've spoken about yeah. um, before, and we won't go into those again. I think they they have gotten an unfair amount of criticism and flack, naughty yeah. And yeah. the Last of Us Part Two isn't perfect by any stretch, mm-hmm. and because no. of the 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 subject matter, uh, I feel like there was more. There was definitely more division between those who were engaging in adult conversations about the game, not just the people slinging mud, uh, who, mm-hmm. again, you know, we've spoken about before. So not everyone came out of this game thinking it was, in, you know, it was, it was the best writing ever. But I feel like because of the elevated platform it was put on, especially with all the, the, the fallout surrounding it, um, that, that a lot of people have lost sight of the fact perhaps that, yeah, even though it may not be the the perfectly written story i still think it's just leagues ahead of pretty much any other video game in terms of writing yeah even if yeah. you you know it didn't necessarily work for you i still think it's just it's it just pushes the medium so far forwards and i think a lot mm. of people perhaps lose sight of that especially if they didn't enjoy it as much as other people you're right i think it's just naughty dog are just so ahead of the game in so many ways that i don't think we should lose sight of that they they're, they're yeah. just they're just so good they're so good and it it looked great and i thought it played really well just i thought the controls were very intuitive and you know i really got a handle on on just how to do what i wanted to do also uh i love um much like in the uncharted series as well i really like being able to enter an area and actually take out everyone there completely stealthily. And I think pretty much every encounter with enemies that like actually allows you to do that, which is most of them, you know, there are only very few where like you enter an area and it triggers a, she's over there, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of moment. Um, Pretty much all of those instances, I made a point of just clearing out the whole area without raising the alarm, just because I wanted to. And it's super fun and it's very rewarding to do in that game. 
um, you know, like throwing bottles and bricks around to distract people. Um, you have, you know, as you as you gain more gear, you get like two or three ways to take people down silently as well uh, and laying mines and stuff. And, you know, that's the other good thing is like some games that have stealth mechanics like that. If you put a mine down and then, you know, you then move away to like 100 yards across the other side of the area, then that mine goes off and kills someone. The game then just says that the enemies know where you are. Right. You know, a lot of games do that and they shouldn't do. But The Last of Us gets it right in that people can die and that raises the alarm to an extent of everyone, you know, of all the guards or the soldiers. They're like, oh, there's someone here, obviously, because a mine just went off. But they don't instantly then just find you mm. hiding in your in your area. So just things like that as well. Lots of quality of life touches and like, you know, thought, thought has gone into uh, the mechanics and, and stuff. It felt like as realistic as it can do with all the blobby zombies walking around with their yeah. mushroom heads. Absolutely. So. And as satisfying as it is to take everyone out with stealth, it's still the 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 brilliance of the game is that it, it still makes you feel horrible about doing it. Yes. Uh, it because it, it just goes and I think that perhaps this is a disconnect that some people didn't enjoy or or just didn't like, which is totally fair. Mm. Where the gameplay was super fun, but at the same time you were just sort of browbeaten and made to feel horrible about killing people. Uh, especially as the story progressed. Yeah, especially as the story progressed, yeah. Sort of changes your perspective. So I found it to be a really interesting dynamic, but I know a lot of people didn't like that because it you know, it just just seemed to be counterproductive perhaps to them. But I, I, I mm. thought it was a really new and interesting way of portraying violence in a video game in that they went so, so bloody far with the violence, but at the same time almost punished you <laughs> psychologically for for using it even though they put it there for you to use mm, um yeah i found that to be quite interesting i was able to you know disconnect myself from uh from the the sort of i'm trying to think of the right term sort of the confines of game logic to sort of yeah. just uh, just sort of take a step back from being in the experience and just just appreciate that as a as, as a as an interesting approach to it mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're right that it's, you know, ultimately it's not a perfect game. Um, no. And uh, I think actually there's, there are elements of, of the ending that I, I I just, I think I would have changed. But equally, I get that they were probably, Naughty Dog really had to kind of subvert expectations um, because of, you know, the history of the series or, well, the previous game, I yes. guess is what I should say. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a little bit like... Um, uh, Game of Thrones kind of forced Bran onto the Iron Throne at the end just so that you would like not have expected it in the first place. Right. Um, and I think there's like, as the game goes, there are things that you expect to happen that do happen, but also things, you know, there's a kind of, a kind of, not even bittersweet, like a, a kind of a slightly depressing uh, tone to the, to the very, very end of the game um, that I think I didn't, I didn't expect it to go that way. I thought it would actually be a semi-happy ending. No, uh, <laughs> no. As, as much as it, as much as they could do in a world like that. But no, they made it like worse than it had to be. They could have made it, you know, uh, a gritty but like satisfying or like uh, you know a, a rounded conclusion. Mm -hmm. But they were like, no, we're gonna <laughs> just kind of leave some question marks and and some some depressive thoughts. Um, yeah. But you know, overall, great. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah. And, and when when we both say it's not a perfect game, I think that's purely just in appreciation of the fact that some people didn't come away from it enjoying it as much as a lot of people did. Um, you know, yeah. the, the the critical scores speak for themselves, and I, I do think it it is worth noting that while we while we do acknowledge that it's not perfect, that doesn't mean that it's not good 
because good lord as i've already said it's just leagues ahead of of anyone that's trying anything similar and it doesn't doesn't mean that all games need to be like that and it doesn't mean that you need to like those games some people want some light-hearted escapism and the last of us is definitely not that yeah but i think in terms of storytelling and and you know especially motion capture performance it's mm. just oh, yeah. so so far ahead and it just it just pushes the industry forwards and i think it needs to be appreciated for that at the very least if you don't like the game itself and Mm -hmm. uh, i think because it was such a high profile thing and because the last of us part one you know was released to such critical acclaim that naturally detracts uh sorry sorry, that naturally attracts people who just then just don't like it for that yeah yeah specific reason it's the same in all media you know, some people just hate the Marvel movies because they're really popular, even yeah. though they're actually actually really good. Um, mm. It's, you know, it's just it's the same wherever you go, but it's a it's a phenomenal game. It's really, yeah. really good, even if it's not, you know, 100 percent perfect. That's it. That's it's, it. If I, you know, if I rated it, I wouldn't give it 100 percent. Therefore, it's not perfect. But I would give it like high 90s. I think I'd give it at least like 95 percent, if not more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very much close to perfect to me. Yeah. But just leaves a little bit to I would have just changed a few things if I could. But yeah. yeah great game. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's uh, again, that's just that's just the nature of making a game that's closer to and this is going to sound pretentious as hell. Uh, closer to art than it than it p- perhaps is a video game for some people yeah uh, is that it's it's naturally going to draw criticism for personal touches because it's very bold in its ideas and its intentions and you know by virtue of that people are always gonna take issue with certain things uh, yeah, whereas I... a, a call of duty game that just plays it probably quite safe is fun and perfectly fine um, but but plays it quite safe in terms of its narrative and what it does isn't necessarily going to draw the same criticisms as The Last of Us yeah. is for, for really pushing the boat out and, and going all in. I did see a, a Hard Drive article that was something like Naughty Dog announces um, video game adaptation based on hit series of cutscenes, The Last of Us Part <laughs> 2. Okay. Which, uh, you know, like... Fair enough. That's that's funny, but yeah, yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, Very good. So, what have you been playing, Ben, this week? Well, I've I, once again I've been all over this week. Mm-hmm. So I played some more Warzone. Playing a lot of Warzone recently, having a lot of fun with it. Uh, played some Fall Guys, uh, some Hidden Agenda. Oh, our, okay. our favorite PlayLink game. That's a really good one. I like Hidden Agenda. Had some yeah. um, had my cousin and his wife over. And uh, for the weekend, and, and I was just looking for things to play. So we played through Hidden Agenda. We played through a little bit of Man of Medan as well. It was <laughs> uh, our other favorite. Our other favorite. It was good fun. It was really good fun. And then, of course, I've been playing The Avengers. Now, mm, I talked yes. in detail about my experience with the first few hours in the Quipscope video that's on the channel. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Peter, I played a bit more last night. Oh, you know how you I was saying I was super impressed that the first few hours were largely sort of very narrative focused linear oh. levels. And I was really hoping the rest of the game would be like that. And mm-hmm. when it when it gave me one of those more tedious multiplayer style missions where it's just an open area with loads of objectives to complete. Um, and I, I was hoping that maybe that one mission that I'd experienced in the campaign that was like that was just the game introducing me to the concept of it in the form of a narrative mission so that when I did the other side stuff, uh, then, you know, I would know what to expect. Then you knew, yeah. 
I have now done three such missions back to back and they've been story missions and they've been in these boring open environments and they are just the worst. They're just really boring and I'm sure there'll be some more, you know, sort of more scripted missions, which sounds stupid. I just want campaign missions. I just want the stuff I had at the start of the game. Yeah, uh, if I there's some why. If there's more of those later on, I'm sure there'll be more of those later on with cutscenes and so on. But right now, I'm just I'm really disappointed by the direction the game has taken literally the minute after we made that video. I was like, oh, you know, it might not be so bad. And it is, oh God, what a shame. Just mm-hmm. s- seriously, what a shame. And Iron Man, who I also mentioned in the Quipscope, is by far the worst hero to play as that I've played so far. He's made of rice paper. He oh, dies what? so quickly. Everybody else has these sort of abilities to uh, regain health or whatever the equivalent is in game as you go. But he, right. he doesn't, as far as I can tell. And he just he just keeps dying over and over again. And it even pops up with a little message that says, Hey, did you know that you can do the side stuff? If you're in a campaign mission and it's too hard, you can return to the Quinjet at any moment and just go do some side stuff to level up your character. But the side stuff I had available for Iron Man was rated an even higher level of difficulty than the <laughs> than the main mission it was sending me on. So I was sort of stuck there having to get through it. And I did. And I just really don't like playing as Iron Man, which is a shame because you would think he would be really fun. But he's not. And that sucks. So I, I don't look forward to playing as him. Uh, and yeah, it's just oh, it's just a real bummer. It's a real bummer because now the story's playing out in the form of... Currently, it's playing out in the form of just voiceover in a loading screen while I'm sat, mm. you know, an animation of me sat in the back of the, the jet traveling to destination, very Destiny-like. Um, yeah. And then when you get there, there's just more voiceover as your characters run around and they sort of sort of talk to each other and get context for why they're there and it's just such a bloody waste it's such a waste why did they do this why didn't they make they could have done this stuff on the side this multiplayer nonsense stuff on the side but they made they've made it integral to everything not just in the fact that you have to play them to level up to be got all the missions are gated behind levels of of like that it's recommended that you are so you have to play this side stuff you have to, which is rubbish because it's the worst part of the game. And now the campaign missions themselves are actually taking place within the terrible multiplayer style missions rather than, mm-hmm. you know, these story focused sequences, which is what it it started off so strongly. Um, and even then, you know, the combat's not anything to write home about. And I'm right. just... I just oh. I remember when this was first revealed uh, and people were... You know, I don't think anyone jumped to, or maybe some silly people did. I think, uh, you know, collectively people reserved their expectations. You know, you don't want to get overly excited about something based on like a CG trailer or whatever. But I think there was a hope that it might be a bit of a rock steady Batman style game, but just with Marvel heroes this time, you know, and, uh, you know, have have... Uh, a level of linearity to it and but maybe with different playable heroes and narrative heavy um and then more and more information came out about this and it just became apparent that oh no we've got we've got multiplayer in there oh we've got loot too oh oh look you can level up your characters and it just became further and further from everyone's dream marvel game yeah. or or adventures game yeah 
and it just keeps complicating itself as well, as if the loot and the resources weren't enough. Uh, I've got to a point now where more people are coming onto the the sort of the the, the central hub base, one of which represents factions, and you can take on faction-related missions and daily challenges and stuff like that, which is, you know, fine, I suppose. But then there's an entire store where you can buy loot based on your level with a certain faction, and it's just, it's really leaning into the loot, like, way more than I than it already was. Right. And I just despise it. I hate this. This is exactly what we were talking about last week in terms of being the worst-case scenario for mm. Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad is if they yeah. went down this route because it's not it's definitely not what I want and given the the PR reception and the and the public backlash against the game leading up to its release I, I don't think it's what anyone else wants either this is not mm. what people want from a superhero game I just wanted those first few hours to stretch on I'm really sorry if it sounds like I'm slurring my words this week I've got an ulcer right at the top of my mouth and it really hurts oh no i've been biting my tongue for about two weeks straight you know you just go through periods of biting the same place right. and then nothing for a few months <sighs> yeah anyway it's not good and that's really disappointing because i was hoping it would it would maintain its momentum at the start and uh, i'm gonna keep playing it and i will finish it mm-hmm. and i'll see how it goes the campaign's supposedly 10 hours long but I don't okay. know if that is padded out with the side stuff or is literally it's 10 hours long because most of the missions take place in these more <laughs> open environments. Mm. There's a high-level loot chest nearby. There's a squad, there's an elite squad nearby. Taking them on may reward you with some high-level gear. It's, oh, for God's sake. For God's sake. Why can't I just play through a story? Why wouldn't you let me yeah. play through a story? Stop gating the game that I've bought behind my level that I that I go up uh that, that I can increase sorry by playing the more of the boring side stuff sounds to me like in a sense the that Lego Marvel game is better than this in that it still has the option to play as different heroes and I'm guessing has multiplayer like the other Lego games yeah uh, and you know semi-open worlds and things but at least it's not like rammed full of you know unnecessary parts to it yeah it it very much seems like a jack of all trades and a master of none in that it mm. it I'm not even going to say it's inspired it rips off several games and it's worse than all of them it doesn't do any <laughs> any better than any of them and you will still enjoy it if you're a big marvel fan i feel yeah. like the only reason to play this game is is the license that's it that's it mm. if it were branded any differently it would be hailed as anthem 2 you know True. it would it would just be hailed as a as as a crappy clone but because it's got the marvel license i think yeah. that's going to be worth it for some people and i really like marvel and i was really looking forward to this and i'm so disappointed that this is the route that it's eventually gone down especially after a strong few hours uh, that that it started with so i'll keep going i'll see how i get on but i am really not impressed you make a good point that if you do take away that Marvel license, it's... I mean, again, I've not played this game, but going off what I've heard from other people and seen online, take away that Marvel license and it really would just be... You know, if it were just a whole set of new superheroes that had been invented by, you know, as a new IP, people would look at this and go, I'm not playing this this in-game resources game. Yeah. With... Yeah, yeah. but... I think Anthem's got better flying as well because Iron yeah. Man, obviously he can't... 
for the multiplayer missions, he can't fly really any faster than than people can sprint because otherwise he'd disappear, which makes him Mm -hmm. feel weirdly slow to fly around environments. He's also obviously... There's there's a very limited play area, so he can't go very high. Yeah, he can't of go very far, and it's just oh, it just doesn't feel great. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't feel very good. I think they've they took what could be a slam dunk, could have quite easily scored reasonably within the 80s on Metacritic if that's important to you, um, and they've just stuffed it full of of things to extend artificially extend the the life of this game and in the process ruined what a lot of people would be there for in the first place ah man such a shame (sighs) well we move on 30 minutes into the podcast to question two yes yes (laughs) Uh, This is from Callum's story. What does Callum have to say? Some games have had an impact that changed the trajectory of the industry, but not all of these have been positive. If you could travel back in time and prevent one influential game from ever being made, which would you choose? uh, Mine's a bit controversial in that it's a game that people love. Yeah. um, And that I enjoyed enough at the time. uh, But for for something that I think it was kind of the first major game to introduce properly. Uh, I I kind of wish that that had never happened. So, you know, according to the parameters of the question, essentially what mechanic, what, what cut content mechanic would we get rid of from the industry and what game was it from? Right. I, I would maybe stop call of duty, modern warfare ever being made. Oh, okay. COD four. COD four. Okay. I, well, yes, COD four. Um, I think it was that game, or it may have been the game after it, but I think it was COD 4, where you could um, really start to customize some pretty complex loadouts, right? Um, which I don't mind in and of itself, but I think that was also the game where they introduced um, the idea that you would unlock more weapons and equipment and stuff as you leveled up and as you played more matches. Yes. Um, it, as I say, it may have been the next game, uh, but uh, whichever game it was that introduced like unlockable weapons for your FPS loadouts, I, I don't like that. You know, I'm a bit of a, I don't want to say a purist. I'm a, I guess, old fashioned in my uh, FPS um, uh, proclivities. Yeah. Um, in the, you know, I I played a lot of Halo Three at the time. I'd played Halo One before then as well. Um, and, and a bunch of other FPS games on the PS2, you know, time splitters and so on. And what I really liked was uh, everyone spawning into the world with the same, largely the same weapon uh, and, and equipment and so on. Maybe with some cosmetic differences. Maybe you choose a different character or you might even have characters that run a bit faster or an annoying chimp that's half the size of everyone else. But for the most part, you've got the same weapons. And then, you know, everyone makes a run for that secret spot where the rocket launcher is. Or, yeah. uh, you know, you're get you you you're, you're battling not only to just kill each other and gain points, but to, to claim certain areas where stuff spawns in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I don't know, it kind of bothered me that people were spawning with stuff in a game that I didn't have access to. And I know there were like, I think there were some perks uh, in maybe that game or certainly later in the series where you could actually 
spawn in with the loadout of the person who killed you, possibly, question mark? I think Ooh. that was a thing that was I don't know if it was in that one, but it might have been a late. No, yeah, I, mean, I agree. I don't think it was that one, but I think they eventually introduced that as one of the perks. Um, so, you know, there was there was an aspect where it was like, oh, well, if someone's got some really good gear, at least if they kill you, you could actually have what they have. But yeah, I think it's it's just really me just being a bit old fashioned and nostalgic and saying that I liked it when everyone spawned with a on a very level playing field and, you know, made a run for the for the rocket launcher spot or or whatever. Um so yeah. yeah, it's not it's not a, a heinous thing that I really wish was not in games at all, but uh yeah, that's maybe something that I would sort of push to one side mm-hmm. in the gaming world. Well what about you? Well I was gonna say, firstly, you didn't have to attack me like that with the comment about playing as the tiny chimp man that no one can shoot, because that was Yeah, that, that was, was aimed me. deliberately that at you. That was me. Yeah. I did that. Um, yeah. But also, I, I do I do totally understand what you're saying because after that, COD Four kicked off an arms race in the PS3 360 shooter era, where everyone then had to, or just just that era in general, 2007, I think, is when it came out. Mm. That everyone had to make a shooter. Then everybody yeah. had to have multiplayer, and the multiplayer was all variation, rubbish variations on Call of Duty 4's multiplayer. Uh, so it yeah. did that game changed everything. And it's for yeah. that reason that I'm going to say Destiny. Okay, because yeah. I also know that that's a good game that a lot of people love. But the the sort of the ripple effect from Destiny coming out and their business model, not that there's necessarily anything insidious or wrong with it, has been co-opted by developers and publishers who have wanted to do things that are wrong. <laughs> And they've been able to do that because of the model that Destiny spearheaded. Um, yeah. So while Destiny doesn't have a thousand shops and currencies and so on and so forth, its obsession with loot and these strike teams and playing, you know, playing these sort of open map areas where there's, in my opinion, not very interesting objectives to complete. Lots of publishers have seen that and thought, we can monetize that. We can extend mm-hmm. our game time with that. And now it seems like perhaps Marvel's Avengers is just the beginning. It's just the tip of the iceberg. And we may see a lot more games like this before developers slash publishers back off and realize that actually nobody wants this. Uh, If they do want it, they'll play Destiny. Destiny's doing it just fine. And Destiny has its player base because it's Destiny. And uh, so I'm going to say Destiny for that that reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see the argument there. I mean, yeah, you only need to look at what's still coming out now um, as a result of that. Um, and yeah, yeah, good choice. So there we go. They're cut. They're cut content. They're gone. They're gone. Sorry, guys, they're <laughs> gone. No, uh, Call of Duty probably would have lost to Battlefield by now if it hadn't, uh, if COD 4 hadn't come out. May yeah, have been a bad it was one. a good game. Of course it was that a good was game, great. but I uh, yeah, don't like some of the trends it set, sadly. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Let's move on, Peter, to a section that is... Oh, let me just get my... Have you got your... Oh, yeah, I've got one oh, now, actually. Oh, my goodness, actually. look at you. Yeah, uh, here we go. It's time to talk about something a little bit strange. It's called Weird, Weird News. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time, everybody. Time for some weird video game news. Peter, what have you got this week? Brazil's propaganda is using Sonic the Hedgehog music again. No, what? Again? <laughs> again. Stop it. Get some help. This is, of course, according to Luke Plunkett from Kotaku, our mm. official uh, correspondent for weird news. Yes, I'm sure he's aware. Yeah. Thanks, Luke. Um Brazil's propaganda is using hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog music again. Shortly after he was first elected, Brazilian president, and here we go, uh, J- it's spelled J-A-I-R as his first name, but it being Brazil, it's probably more of a huh sound, isn't it? So I'm going to say Jair, uh, Jair Bolsonaro. Yes, a real, a real Wilson, that guy. He is a real Wilson, yeah. He's, Nasty he- piece of work. COVID basically doesn't exist in Brazil because of him, in the sense that he says it doesn't, and it very much does because of him saying that it doesn't. Uh, The Brazilian president, whatever his name, however it's pronounced, started releasing video after video boasting about the infrastructure projects he was helping to fund throughout Brazil. One of them, bizarrely, featured music from Sonic the Hedgehog. And now it's happened again. What? Okay. Do, Do we know what music it is from... Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, yes, we Running do. around at the speed of sound. <laughs> we know what the second one is. I, there's also a link to the first one. I can try and find out what... If it says... Okay. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog's boss battle theme, I think, was the first one. It, okay. It says, maybe. I don't know. That uh, sounds like it would be an ill fit for most videos, full stop. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so while last time it was a relatively deep cut, the theme for the second phase of the battle against Solaris, the final boss from the 2006 version of Sonic the Hedgehog, this time it's pretty much the most, oh here we go, of course, it's pretty much the most recognisable Sonic tune there is, the theme to Green Hill Zone. No, no, he can't do that, and also of course he initially picked music from the worst Sonic game ever, Sonic 06. From the second phase of the final boss of the worst Sonic game ever. Well, maybe he thought uh, no one would recognise it. 
And then when he realized, oh, they've they've caught me using Sonic music, I may as well use the best tune in Sonic. Yes. Uh, so it's Green Hill Zone. There's two tweets embedded in the article uh, from the official Brazilian president Twitter account. Okay. Um, the link to the article will be in the video description in the YouTube version of this podcast, so you can uh, go and check it out yourself. But uh, it's, uh, according to the article... Uh, he obviously doesn't make the videos himself, but he's the driving force behind what they're standing for. The willful destruction of Brazil's environment and a reprehensible disregard for his people's lives. Over 100,000 Brazilians have died of the C-virus, uh, which Bolsonaro has ridiculed and refused to take seriously, despite catching it himself. Uh, right. All this in the name of attempting to bolster the economy. Um, Excellent. Having Having all that as the context for the... Oh, my God, there's a swear word in this article. Whoa. <laughs> Having all that as the context for the effing Green Hill Zone theme is a very large slice of 2020. It is. It's a bit much for me. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Uh, Jesus. Green Hill Zone being used by <laughs> that man. Is that the... Uh, is that... Na, 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 na. I I just I don't even know what to think of that. <laughs> no, uh, but check it out. Click the click the links if you guys are, are able to do so. Well, it seems whichever thumbnail slash headline we run with, we're gonna piss off a load of people politically this week. Okay, uh, this is from Kotaku and Ethan Gach. Biden campaign brings centrist yard signage to Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. I sort of saw bits of this, but I don't really. I just saw someone saying like, "Oh, I should, I should put a Trump sign in my garden or something." But I don't really. Tell me more. Okay. Tell me more. So it, this is from a few days ago now. It's September the first. The 2020 election is barely two months away, and the Biden campaign has hit the ground running with some very official Animal Crossing New Horizons designs for players to show support for the Democratic ticket throughout their islands. That's a long sentence, Ethan. Mm. As The Verge reports, there are four separate designs. The first features the official Biden-Harris logo, the second says Team Joe, the third consists of a trio of red, white and blue aviators, and the fourth is a Joe Pride logo where the E is made up of colours from the gay pride flag. Like other custom designs in the game, players can access the signs by scanning QR codes with the Switch Online app and then downloading them directly into the game. I guess when a bunch of Democratic strategists realised projecting a Fortnite-like hologram of Joe Biden across the Grand Canyon wasn't feasible, they settled for the next closest thing to pander to the youths. Still, it's a step up from Pokemon Go to the polls. Yes. A testament to the sort of incremental progress Joe Biden has built his career on. Uh, Animal Crossing is a dynamic, diverse and powerful platform that brings communities together from across the world. The Biden campaign director of digital partnerships, Christian Tom, great, great name, told the uh, told The Verge. It is an exciting new opportunity for our campaign to engage and connect Biden-Harris supporters as they build and decorate their islands. The campaign is apparently working with certain influencers to try to advertise their, the in-game signage. Mm. Um... So, yeah, there we go. It goes on to mention that uh, despite there being no official uh, support for it, people have already used their islands for political messages like uh, Free Hong Kong and the Black mm. Lives Matter movement and so on. So there we go. God, you just reminded me of... <laughs> I hear they have this Pokemon Go crowd cheers. 
but I'm trying to work out how to make them Pokemon, Pokemon go, go to, to their poles. poles. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh. oh no. Hillary, how didn't you win? It's so strange, isn't it? With a campaign like that. She's yes. Oh no. <laughs> uh brilliant. Well, very politically charged weird news this Yeah, what week. do we do? What do we do about that? Because I think it's just gonna attract a flip ton of dislikes regardless of the direction we go. Do you think a lot of people are gonna be mad about us just about the talking about the Brazilian president? Maybe not, but I feel like it's the kind of he got elected for a reason the same way Trump did. And so yeah, I feel I like so. it's just they just have that online crowd that just goes around in a mob and <laughs> attacks people for no reason. Maybe so. Uh, yeah. So it's not going to go, you know what? Screw it. Come at us, right? Who cares? Yeah. Or just maybe the title should be uh, We Miss Hillary Clinton's Pokemon Go to the Polls <laughs> line. Hillary Clinton, colon. Hillary Clinton. Wasn't she great? <laughs> yeah that's that would i think that would be the most controversial of the three Probably actually would, to, yeah. yeah um anyway let's move very swiftly on to question three mm. it's from stukalicious who says do you ever think that there will come a time when you'll slow down from gaming or reduce the different types of games that you play or even stop altogether oh. i personally can't really see myself playing too many games when i'm an octogenarian Thank you, Stukalicious. I can. I can. I, I can. hope that when I'm in a nursing home, they will have, um, instead of like what they do today, where they get like people to come in and sing, we'll meet again, don't know where, don't know when. Mm. Uh, I, I hope that they bring in like a PS2 for me to play. Right. Or sing the Green Hill Zone. Yes. Yeah. I go, oh, remember Brazil? Remember Bolsonaro? Yeah. Before he burned the whole place to the ground. Oh, God. Um. I mean, I think there is, you know, my my gaming uh, tastes or or the time that I spend gaming has has already changed a little bit. Mm. I think roughly the, ironically, the around the time I came into this sort of job with like what culture gaming and videos and stuff, I started to actually play slightly less, uh, spend less time playing video games. Thank you, mean fewer. Um, I do mean fewer. I I started to spend fewer times mm-hmm. playing video games. Uh, because that was around the time I moved in with my partner and therefore we spent more time just like watching stuff together like Netflix and and movies and things. Um, Whereas when I used to live alone, I would play games every night. Um, And uh, so so definitely like already in in the past three or four years, I've I've been playing... um, Still still playing games during the week, but uh, yeah, definitely not as much um, compared to before then. Uh, mm. However, I continue to play video games when I can, and uh, definitely like when something new comes out that is particularly exciting to me. So, for example, Crash Four. I'm really counting down the days for that. Um, you know, I'll be going mad for that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how things change when you know, if and when maybe I've got a family and a mortgage, and uh, you know, as, just as I get older, because... you won't need to worry about a mortgage for no for for, for at least thirty years. So don't worry. Oh no, absolutely worry not. No, uh, but you know, seeing people, um, you know, our, some of our industry friends who've got children um, who are you know very much still playing games on the regular. That, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't. I'm not worried that like if I end up having a child, I'm not going to be able to play games as much. In fact, that quite uh, that's something that quite excites me being able to uh, to introduce a child to 
some of my favorite games yeah and uh, see what they think of them so yeah ultimately i don't think i'll ever stop playing games altogether um but yeah i've already i've slowed down slightly but i don't think i'm going to slow down much further than than where i am right now which is a mercy yes no i i totally agree i think i think uh the prospect of a family will definitely change the the volume of video games played but Largely, it'll come down to the idea of whether or not the industry completely collapses in on itself as mm. a handful of publishers are worth trillions and everybody else is just scraping by on an in- indie budget, um, yeah. which, you know, is sort of the case is or it's, it's getting there for some companies. Um, so I, I, as long as gaming's around, I don't think I'll ever stop gaming. You know, you, you actually see a lot of there's there's a fair few uh oaps who play games and they didn't even grow up playing video games so i don't see why that would you know why why we would stop playing it unless something terrible happened you know or genuinely we just fell out of love with games but given how passionate we are for them now i don't see that changing so Hmm. while while my time while my time spent gaming may reduce um i don't think I don't think necessarily uh, I will I will stop altogether. In terms of like d- different types of games that I would play, that would probably change too. You know, I, d- I don't know if I'll be playing Twitch shooters when I'm 70, perhaps, because mm-hmm. I can only imagine they're going to get faster and more complicated yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. But certainly, you know, deep narrative uh, RPG games, providing they still exist, I will uh, I I, will pr- I would probably lean more towards those and i think you know they're just the prospect of getting old and experiencing life and having children will also definitely change your perspective on some some narrative games you know like the last of us and stuff will just Mm. give you an entirely different perspective and and in many ways i'm looking forward to replaying or experiencing new stories with different life experiences as i get older yeah of course yeah absolutely Oh well, there we go. Yeah. That was uh, that was a, a quick answer, but a, arguably quite quite a deep uh, deep answer and a, a big one. Yeah, in a big sense. a big one. Yeah, a big topic. Yes, a um, large one. Uh, how about large... we go to the big disgusting? No, that's not Pokemon. It. Pokemon go to the big. Pokemon go big... to the big disgusting. No, big yeah. disgust. Discussion. Percussion. Percussion. Big. The bit. It's time for the big percussion. The big percussion. Big percussion time. This comes from Duncan's Wilson. Another week and the Epic's game... Epic's... Oh, God, I've screwed it up already. Another week and the Epic Games slash Apple Tussle goes up a notch. It's spelled with a W, G-O-W-S. That is next to the E button, so I'm assuming that's what's happened there. I've not played Fortnite and I have no interest in doing so, but just wondered what you lovely gents thought of this tussle and do you think the inevitable fallout will impact other developers? So this is we didn't talk about this last week but this is this is massive that's going on at the moment. Peter has a wonderful brief synopsis from the BBC as to what has happened. Yeah, this is it, it's weird this this whole thing. Um so this is from the BBC. Apple has removed Fortnite from its App Store, preventing players from installing one of the world's most popular games on iPhones. It came after a Fortnite update that let players buy in-game currency at a lower rate if they bought direct from maker Epic Games, bypassing Apple. Epic appeared to know the ban would come, announcing that it had filed a legal complaint minutes after the removal. Apple takes a standard 30% cut of sales from its compulsory payment system. 
Uh, on iOS, the App Store is the only way to legitimately load apps. But Apple said Epic uh, had taken the unfortunate step of violating the App, so App Store guidelines. Uh, those guidelines ban payment systems, uh, any payment systems, I should say, apart from Apple's own. Um, and it's been the subject of several high-profile rows between developers and Apple. In addition to tweeting the legal complaint it filed uh, in a California court, Epic also announced the imminent in-game sc in screening of a short film titled 1984 Tonight. A play, uh, a play on George Orwell's novel, 1984, of course. The novel is about a dystopian society that controls its citizens and tolerates no dissent, and was itself referenced by Apple in a famous television ad in the year 1984, when the young company then styled itself as uh, taking on the then-dominant IBM. Um, I only learned that last little bit like yesterday when you sent this over. Right. Um, which that's that's amazing that Apple did that it's, in 1984. It's just ironic, isn't it? And it, it's the same goes for Google as well. When it's what was it that they used to say? Don't don't be evil or something. That used mm. to be their mission statement when in the 90s. But uh, and and yet here we are. Uh, so yes, basically, Epic is tired of paying Apple or uh, Apple taking a, a mandatory cut of all of their money and yeah. this rule that apple has about taking that cut and there being no other options on iphone to for for developers to put their stuff out or uh, uh, other than directly through apple and then agreeing to these terms has been the subject of, of criticism in the past epic has decided to rebel and they're using their platform that being fortnite to try and rally their support base to put pressure on apple to 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 make make a change now honestly could they both just do you reckon it's possible for them both to lose because i'd, I'd really like that because this is just <laughs> it's all about money and it's very transparent that epic is doing this for the money it's arguable that you know they're using this platform that they have uh, and all their money that they already they don't need more money but all the money they already have they're in a unique position to actually stand up to apple but portraying themselves as the victim in this situation is very transparent. That mm. movie that they screened in Fortnite, the 1980 Fortnite thing, showed all the shocked faces of the in-game characters. You know, they deliberately got themselves kicked off iPhone, which is hurting their users. And then yeah. they've said, it's Apple's fault. We've got to fight Apple. And there's the hashtag free Fortnite and stuff, when actually the only person that, that forced... Apple's hand here were epic. They knew that it was going to happen. They knew yeah, it was the going to happen. Says. They're just, they were prepared. They're hurting their player base uh, by mm. doing this. Apple, nobody likes the monopoly that they have and the amount of money that they take. And clearly this, this rule about taking 30% of sales really hurts smaller developers. The only reason mm. Epic is doing this while sort of portraying themselves as the, as the hero and the underdog is because they want all of the millions and not most of the millions yeah uh, so i don't I, I have a real issue with how epic is portraying themselves here as this underdog when they're really not and they've shot themselves in the foot with a gun that apple gave them and arguably apple shouldn't have given them the gun in the first place but epic were the ones to shoot themselves in the foot and say look what apple did yeah no definitely like this so there's there's obviously a lot of uh you know people are saying 
Oh, if anyone can uh, take on Apple and, and sort this out and, you know, this this monopoly and this practice of 30% cut and so on, it's epic, you know? They, they're the ones who can do it. They're big enough. And that's obviously true, you know, no question. I think, you know, you, you really need a, a company as big as, and, and with as much money as Epic and, and Fortnite to to take on something like this. But equally, yeah, you're right. It's It's a bit like... You know, if if it's like watching Google and Amazon have a fight with each other, yeah. like I don't really care who wins. Like, but if Google I, was saying, is, "Oh, oh no, not poor little Google," hashtag yeah. free Google. Exactly. I want to be able to still search the internet for you know Spyro hentai, and I still want to be able to go to Amazon to buy my Spyro hentai. Yes. And I don't really, as long as those two services still exist after the fact. It's not really going to affect me. It's just that some big, big bods in a, in a in a boardroom somewhere are going to have more or less money, or you know, ultimately be the same amount of money, but just distributed differently between Google and Amazon in this hypothetical scenario, or indeed between Epic and Apple in this real scenario. Yes. So yeah, I'm totally with you there. I I don't really mind or care who wins, and you're right that Epic are knowingly they they knew what was going to happen, and they're knowingly therefore harming their own player base by having having their app taken away from iOS uh devices uh and and they knew it was going to happen yeah and uh they they still went ahead with it they prepared an animation already pretty much yes um, that that's the, the thing that that's the thing that I don't like cuz you're totally correct like the only thing that's going to change at the end here is the amount of money that changes hands between t- between a trillion dollar company and presumably a billion dollar company, yeah. um, and the the users are the ones that are being leveraged here. The iPhone players are the ones that are being leveraged by having the game taken away from them, mm. uh, and that they'll get nothing out of this apart from getting the game back. So yeah. Epic's taken the game away and said, "Fight them! They're your enemy." Okay, you can have the game back now. That that. I don't I don't like that. I think that's that's it's just a sort of messed up way of going about it, but you know, capitalism, I suppose. Uh but as I said, you know, they're they're in the unique position to stand up to Apple because of the amount of money they've got. So this could bring about bring about real change. I think legally Apple aren't doing anything wrong, and that's why no. Epic are making that it doesn't mean that they're ethically in the right, but legally they're not doing anything wrong. And that's why Epic is making this so public and making it such an emotional argument rather than a, a legal one, necessarily. Mm, you know, yeah. legally, they can't be doing this. It's not what they're saying. It's, this isn't fair. Look, our millions of users now can't play our game because we weren't quite getting as much money as we should. And no, I don't want Apple to get more money. And I don't really care if Epic Games gets more money. But if, it, if, the, if the smaller developers are positively affected by the outcome of this, then that's great. That'll be good stuff, but ultimately, don't don't let it hoodwink you on this one. It's it's just two massive companies fighting over money, and one of them pretending like they're a victim, uh, but in the process harming their own player base to make to to make their point. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just it's unprecedented how public this is, and it's it's really petty. Some of the stuff that's happening. One of the featured apps on. The App Store was was uh, for a little bit. I don't know if it still is PUBG. Obviously, a rival right. of Fortnite. Uh, and a chief of Epic Games on Twitter was tweeting publicly about uh, PUBG and just saying, "Wow, here's another great 
battle royale game and stuff and i think they've had their not only have they had fortnite taken down but i think epic games's developer account has been completely removed from the app store now Ooh, wow uh, so okay. it's, so it's totally gone um so it's just it's just it's fascinating to watch unfold but ultimately i d- i think people should if they were at all affected emotionally by the argument made by epic games that they should not fall for it and what's messed up is that most of Fortnite's player base are children and they will be impacted by this and i think yeah. epic games knows that is that children can be quite easily manipulated because they're, yeah, they understand because they're idiots nuances. yeah yeah and they see a video in Fortnite where the big evil apple corporation is taking away Fortnite on iphone mm. then they're going to or, or ios i should say then they're then they're going to they're going to fall for that hook line and sinker because they love Fortnite and someone's trying to take it away but it's as i said it's all just incredibly transparent and it's just it's just corporate greed all the way through yeah um epic is you're right as as well as um trying to play a victim i think they're also trying to play a kind of superhero you know they're going no we're going to you know we're going to do this we're going to rebel yeah. we're going to like win this back for everyone you know look at look at my cape and look at see i've got my pants on the outside of my trousers look yes. how look at my muscles oh i dropped some of my money yeah yeah whoops <laughs> Don't worry. And oh, there's another distress call. This seems like a job for loads of money, man. Yes. They're doing it under the guise of this rule isn't fair and it affects everyone and we're going to fight for everyone on this. But the truth is we should have made 700 million and we made 500 million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's it really. So yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people say go epic this is great but i think our our point of view is you know sure i hope that smaller companies benefit from possibly an epic victory in this case but equally you know i'm not like they're not they're not the heroes they're not doing it for them no they're not they're not yeah it'll be interesting to keep watching though because this is as we said it's it's incredibly public because epic has decided to fight this battle publicly you know, mm. it's it's a legal it's a legal battle, and it's going to go on for a while. But their entire argument, as I said, isn't one based in legality necessarily. It's one based on emotion. You know, playing there's there's a lot of emotional arguments that are meant to sway public opinion rather than actively point out where Apple is breaking the law. Yeah, because Epic, what they've done is repeatedly, vi- intentionally, repeatedly violate the terms of service they agreed to. And I'm not saying that they are fair. That those those terms of service are fair, but that's what Epic did. They they agreed to those those terms. They agreed though, to them, yeah. and then they broke them over and over again, and then they got taken off, and then they immediately sued them minutes later. They knew what was going to happen. It was all intentional. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where this goes. But yeah, Epic is Epic pretending to be the underdog and the hero is it leaves a bitter taste because they're doing it for themselves and they're doing it for money, and uh, everyone should be aware of that if they weren't already. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, there we go. Okay. If you have any thoughts on what we've discussed this week, please do let us know via the following means. We're on YouTube and Twitch, putting out our content, both video and live streams, uh, at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. When we're streaming, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Madster Dactyl, and Trowling Badger, who are all doing an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got social media, Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Luke Eldon looking after Facebook, also doing a great job. 
patreon.com forward slash team triple jump is where you can get all kinds of rewards such as early worst games ever asking questions on the podcast uh, an exclusive room in our discord uh, and that discord you can get to by going to bit.ly forward slash team triple jump and that's modded by jack and joe also an excellent pair um The podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, is available in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. And we've got a website. It's tripleju.mup. That's tripleju.mp. And if you put a little forward slash shop on the end of that, you can buy our merchandise and support the channel. Thank you Mm. for doing that if you have. Finally, we've got all of our VODs uh, that we've been streaming. They're available uh, by going to triplejur.mup forward slash VODs, which will send you to our Triple Jump VODs YouTube channel. Yes, you can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams, every Monday, Thursday and Friday, Thursday being the joint stream, blaze it on YouTube, the other two days being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows one every other week. Uh, What I mean by show, I should clarify really. Shows is a bit vague. <laughs> Just additional content beyond the normal programming. That's what we mean. Yeah. Finally, sort of its own format. Exactly. Finally, leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms, Algor's rhythms. This mm. week, we've got a Worst Games. It's Worst Games Ever Week. So if you want to support yep. us on Patreon, you could have had it yesterday at the time of release <laughs> to this podcast. Everybody else will get it Sunday. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, There's another launch games video, this time about the Xbox 360, if you want to see that, that's on the channel now. And of course the Avengers Quipscope, all about Marvel's Avengers, if you want to hear my first impressions. Obviously what I said on this podcast is a direct follow-up to that, so if you want a more rounded uh, impression piece on the game, then go and watch that video and then this, (coughs) the context of this this discussion earlier in the show will, will probably make a lot more sense. Yeah, there there may also have already been a quipscope on the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake, mm-hmm. um, depending on whether we got a chance to record it on Friday. Uh, if not, it'll be early next week, but I'd like to think it'll already be up there. So check the channel, I guess. See if it's there, if you want to see that. Yeah. But as I say, if not, it'll be there soon. Absolutely. Finally, we've just got to talk about our sponsor, and that is the Smack Widow DLC. No, not Smack Widow. <laughs> that's a different one. That's a that's a wrestling one. Snack Widow DLC for Marvel's Avengers. It's a catering company for the funerals of all the men you kill who will send an elderly lady whose partner has died to provide food for the wake. Oh. Uh, and that's Snack Widow coming soon to Marvel's Avengers. And there we go. What's, what's the old lady's name? Glettis. Glettis. Oh, that's what I wanted you to say. Glettis. Yeah. There we go. Beautiful name for a beautiful caterer. Rest in peace, Cecil. Yes. Okay, right. We're going to go now. Thanks so much for listening slash watching. We'll see you again next time. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 